that I know a lot of people will tell you do the trademark first and do the LLC like that's wasting money and mm-hmm. so you first need to know what do you do you even like it and I have this quote that I say if managing money is the problem then making more will not help so Ooh. it's just gonna <laughs> yeah it's just gonna uncover all of those bad habits the more money that you make Welcome to the She Shines podcast with your hosts, brand photographer and serial entrepreneur, Anna Laura, and super proud career woman with a passion for entrepreneurship, Alex. Tune in for some connection, community, and girl talk. Plus, join their conversations with other entrepreneurs and professionals who've been there, built that, and are paying it forward. They'll take your burning questions and turn them into actionable steps with a glass of champagne in hand. Here we go. Hello, everyone. So our strengths over here at She Shines include knowing how to sift through all the squirrel brain ideas in your multi-passionate brain and help you figure out what it is exactly that you're trying to offer and who you're trying to serve. But also, yes, snaps to that. But also (laughs) our strengths are knowing that we are an expert in everything. So, yeah, we we don't want to be experts in everything either. So when our clients come to us with questions about legitimizing their business, we love sharing resources from our amazing network of powerhouse women like Courtney Matthews. Courtney is a tax accountant and entrepreneur. Her firm, MCOR Tax and Accounting, offers financial services to business owners who need to organize, manage, and understand their business from the inside out. And when I say Alex and I have been beyond excited to get you this resource, like this episode, I mean, we've been sitting on the edge of our seat because we know this episode is going to be a multiple time must listen for any multi-passionate entrepreneur. Yes, yes. I we have been getting questions about finances and taxes and everything from our Mm -hmm. clients. And so we are just really pumped to get this episode out to all of you just in time for tax season because in this episode, we are deep diving into taxes for the multi-passionate entrepreneur. But don't worry, this is like taxes 101 for the multi-passionate entrepreneur yes. we, we promise you will be able to understand everything that courtney says we are not math people so if we can get it girlfriend <laughs> you can get it so in this episode you can expect to learn common financial and tax misunderstandings how to prep for tax season organizing your finances and so many more community faqs when it comes to taxes so grab a pen grab a paper, and let's go ahead and become tax queens together. Welcome back to the She Shines podcast. We are sitting down today with Courtney Matthews, tax accountant and entrepreneur. We are very excited, especially with tax season coming up. So Courtney, (laughs) say hello to everyone. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much again for having me. I'm excited to share today. Oh, we have been wanting to do this episode for so long. So we're so excited when we came across your profile, we were like, we have to reach out to her and we're (laughs) even more thrilled when you said, yeah, let's do it. So let's just dive in. Can you tell everyone where you're from about your business mission and kind of the clients that you serve? Okay, sure. So again, like you said, my name is Courtney Matthews. I am a tax accountant and entrepreneur. I am from Alabama, <laughs> I know y'all say y'all can hear the the southern. I love it. Another y'all, yes. <laughs> outnumbered. I'm yes. outnumbered today. <laughs> yes, I'm from the south. Um, born and raised. My firm is, is is more so virtual, but I guess we'll say a headquarters in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I started my firm, MCOR Tax and Accounting, about almost seven years ago, but I've been in the tax industry for going on 14 years. Wow. And so I've always loved numbers. Um, I fell in love with accounting in high school. Can you believe that? In high school, uh, they were offering a curriculum. Well, we had to choose, right? An elective. 
and I knew accounting had numbers. So I just chose that and I loved it and got to college. Everybody was like, oh, I, I'm going to do general studies. I don't know what I'm going to major in, but I always knew that I was just going to major in accounting. And um, I guess we'll get into how I landed here, but this yes, is my first Walk us through your background, please. Tell us okay. everything. Well, <laughs> I started, now I, I did go to school for accounting, graduated with my bachelor's in um, accounting, and then I have an, uh, an associate's in accounting and an associate's in business management. But my first business was actually makeup artist. I was a makeup artist for <laughs> five and a half years. I had two studios, I had a makeup school, I had a cosmetic line, an eyeliner line, an apparel line. I've done a lot of things. A multi-passionate queen. (laughs) Um, I tried my hand in a lot of things, you know, but I always was doing taxes on the side. So tax season, we know, is only about four or five months out of the year. I would dedicate some time to that and then I go right back to everything else you know um until probably 2009 or no actually last year um I decided to no it was 2018 I quit doing makeup um and I decided to kind of go all in with financial literacy at the time I didn't know where I would land I knew taxes was a part of it um, but I started introducing bookkeeping in 2018, advanced through more of accounting work as well. Um, I ended up back in corporate <laughs> um, in 2019, and it actually was the best thing ever for my business. Um, I took a corporate job doing payroll, and I didn't know how to do payroll. That job taught me a lot about payroll and tax compliance, employee taxes, and all that stuff. And so now I've added that to my business. I left my corporate job in March of this year, or March of 2021. And ever since then, my business has grown so much. I left my job with like three clients, and we're ending the year with almost 20. And so at having that experience, going back to corporate actually helped my business like excel so much and so now we're here we had do bookkeeping accounting payroll tax planning tax prep and business consulting and I'm in love with my I love what we do that is amazing Courtney wow what a journey holy smokes <laughs> so tell us about the clients that you serve now like what led you to the the niche or do you even ha- would you say you have a niche <laughs> um I would say I started off wanting to serve solo entrepreneurs because I knew that that was a pain point for me um even though I had the knowledge of you know managing money uh, budgeting um it was still difficult for me to keep up with it on my own um so I really had a heart for solo entrepreneurs just trying to help them understand everything but as I kind of grew I knew that the services that I offered probably weren't best fit for you know starting solo entrepreneurs mm-hmm. um, and so I started to create digital products for them and then offer my actual services to more a little bit more experienced entrepreneurs whether they were solo or you know had a team um, because I found that they they were more ready to invest and they were more ready to sign on to the services um, but I'll, I'll say this in in kind of recognizing that, I got more into digital products, which actually led me to leave my job because I was making so mm-hmm. much money doing digital products. Mind you, I had what I think three or four clients when I quit my mm-hmm. job, so I didn't. Ha- I wasn't bringing in enough money from that to leave my job. Mm-hmm. It was the digital products, actually. So I do Amazing. both. Yeah, and so my clients—it's a mixture of. Um, B2B and B2C, like, you know, business to business or business mm-hmm. to consumer. It's a mixture now. And mm-hmm. I really like that because I get to talk to so many different business owners. There's a, there's a 
uh, trucking or courier service. There's somebody with a karate studio. <laughs> There's somebody oh, wow. with, um, let's see, a marketing consulting firm. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, I don't really have a niche of an industry mm-hmm. more so. I kind of niched it to um, a revenue and um, years mm. of experience, I mm. guess you could say. Yeah, that yeah. I'm so glad you touched on two things. One, thank you for being transparent about how you first made money in your business, because especially as entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and we serve multi-passionate entrepreneurs. So maybe they're like Anna Laura, who's full-time entrepreneur, or they're like myself, who's working full-time and still growing a business on the side, or somewhere who's looking to transition. And oftentimes we find that people who are looking to transition they don't get that full story from other entrepreneurs, right? It's like, I quit my job and I'm making all this money, but you're like, no, hold up. I only have three clients, which is still amazing, but it's like, I made money other ways. So thank you for sharing that. Cause I think it's so important for entrepreneurs right now, no matter what stage you are on your journey, thinking about how you're going to maybe reach the next level in your business, it can look different, right? It can come from digital products. It can come from one-on-one services, um, and not everything is always what we see <laughs> online. So right. thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I also loved your, your niche. This is the first time that mm-hmm. I think we've heard niching down, um, in this way before, not just serving a specific type of people or a specific type of community, but mm-hmm. speaking more to where those people are on their journey, which is still a niche in and of itself. Right. But just the way you brought that up, we had never heard before. So uh, really glad that you said that and definitely Mm -hmm. something we'll be taking with us moving forward. Yeah. I think that that's important too, because, um, well, also the service that I provide is not just it's for any business we're talking about taxes, everybody. Right. Um, so I tried when I first started, I actually did try to niche to an industry because I was coming from the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. It made sense to kind of be the beauty, you know, accountant. And, you know, first, my first few clients for taxes were from the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found that it was such a learning curve with them and such a... you know, back then when I started, Cash App was pretty new. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so crazy how fast things have changed because <laughs> a lot of people don't even use cash, like actual cash anymore. Right. Right. But back then, a lot of the beauty and barbers handled yeah. a lot of cash and mm-hmm. they weren't really reporting a lot of it. So the learning curve that I had to get through to teach them the importance of tracking every payment and even the cash payments and reporting everything was a bit more than I wanted to do. So I was like, I'll create products, Mm -hmm. digital products to help teach them, but then I'll market my services to people who are ready for them. So yeah, that niche kind of came from trial and error, honestly. As they all do, (laughs) I feel like you don't know what you don't know until you you get out there, you try things and see kind of, what lands and, and with who, and I, I just really love that you, you started with the solopreneurs. Cause you, you knew that you knew that journey, what it's mm-hmm. like to walk in their shoes. You knew their pain points. And then over time realizing like, okay, well now I'm ready to grow. And mm-hmm. <laughs> these people, this, you know, person on this part in their journey, it can grow with me. So that's, that's awesome. I absolutely love that. And like Alex said, we'll definitely be taking that with us. Um, and so we're, we're, like we said at the beginning of this podcast, we're just so excited to finally have someone here because our <laughs> clients ask us so many questions about taxes oh gosh, all the and time. we're like, we're not tax experts. We are not <laughs> like, we don't want to even pretend with y'all. Like we don't plan to be experts in everything. So let's get someone who is and hi, her name is Courtney Matthews. So we're going <laughs> to chat today about uh, taxes for the multi-passionate entrepreneur. And so we know that your business, it offers financial services to business owners who need to organize, manage, like really understand and know their business in and out. So let's go ahead and get into it. 
just starting bottom line up front, what would you say the top three things are that you think a multi-passionate entrepreneur needs to know about business as it relates to their finance and taxes? Okay. Um, that's actually a great question. And I'm probably going to turn into some content for Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So number one, I would say structure. And um, when I say structure, it means for yourself personally, between your personal life and funds and your business life and funds, but also on the legal side. So um, knowing when to actually legitimize your business, whether it's LLC, S Corp, whatever. Um, a, a lot of times people don't understand how that affects how you do your taxes. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely does. Um, but when you're multi-passionate, everything doesn't need to be an LLC day one, you know? Um, so a lot of times, like, like myself, you can go from one thing to the next. Like I mentioned, I had a cosmetic line, an apparel line. I didn't LLC any of those things. They were all under one LLC. They were just more so a brand. And mm. I'm glad I didn't because they didn't last that long, you know? <laughs> so um, so just kind of knowing when, okay, I really like this. This is really um, successful. Let me go ahead and legitimize it. I know a lot of people will tell you, do the trademark first and do the LLC, like, that's wasting money and mm-hmm. so you first need to know what do you do you even like it and then for yourself is keeping the funds separate as much as possible starting out um, a lot of people will just kind of I guess push those things to the side and you know I gotta make money I gotta pay bills I gotta make money I gotta pay bills So even if it's on a smaller level, it's the practice of it because a lot of people, you know, want to make a whole lot of money. And I have this quote that I say, if managing money is the problem, then making more will not help. So it's just gonna, (laughs) yeah, it's just gonna uncover all of those bad habits, the more money that you make. Um, And then you you just kind of increase those bad habits over time. So I would say, structure your personal funds and your business funds and separate them it's not going to be perfect you know it's not going to be perfect every single month every single time but it's all about the practice and getting those reps in so that would be the first thing structure on the legal side and then structure kind of on the back end side on your books and then the second thing is um knowing that self-employment tax is all the money that you bring in that's not from your job that is actually from a 1099 or something like that so a lot of times we will freelance work you know we'll just you know do work here and there and here and there uh not even keeping up with it but if you work for someone and they pay you more than six hundred dollars they are supposed to give you a 1099 it's, well, it used to be a 1099 miscellaneous. Now it's a 1099 NEC, which is non-employee compensation. So that person that you're doing freelance work for, um, you're supposed they're supposed to give you a 1099. Now, if you don't ask for it, they don't really have to because <laughs> they're still going to take that deduction. But uh, just so you can claim it as income. And so a lot of people won't do this because they don't want to claim it as income because, of course, income is taxable, right? However, if you know you're going to be in business, whether it is a legitimate LLC, S-Corp, whatever, if you know you're going to be in business for a while or be self-employed for a while, it would be best to go ahead and start claiming those those funds on your taxes Mm -hmm. um, just to show that history right and just to show that hey i've been found whether it was six hundred dollars two hundred whatever it is mm-hmm. hey i've been filing my taxes for x amount of years because what will happen is when you're full time and you go to get an apartment or a house mm-hmm. or funding there's no paycheck stubs for them to pull they're mm-hmm. looking at your tax returns right. um, but if you're year one trying to get all these things and you've never filed your taxes, but you've been actually working for three years, 
you've lost those three years of, of history. So mm-hmm. keeping up with those payments, even if it's not a LLC business, mm-hmm. you're still working for yourself as a contractor. So that would be number two. <laughs> I love that. I'm, I'm a um, photographer full time. So like hearing that, like knowing that we have a ton of photographers in our community as well, freelancers, y'all know the drill. So it's you saying that I think is like a light bulb moment. Yeah. Anyways, number three, what else you got for us? Number three could, I guess, be two, two B, but we'll just call <laughs> it number three. Uh, um, so I spoke on the, on the contractor side, but on the business owner side, everybody who works for you, be prepared to give them a, uh, um, well, it's called a W-9. When you hire them, much like an employee, when you get hired, you fill out a W-4 form. Well, when you hire a contractor, you fill out, uh, you give them a W-9 form to, for them to fill out, you keep it. And that is how we get the information for a 1099 at the end of the year. Hmm. So my, I always advise entrepreneurs who are hiring so I have a a couple clients who are in like the beauty or fashion industry and they're always doing photo shoots so they're always hiring makeup artists and um, photographers and stuff like that I always advise them get the w9 to them up front because what Mm -hmm. we don't want to do is wait till December and realizing that we paid somebody more than six hundred dollars throughout the year and we're trying to track them down for a w9 um, you know, and doing all, all of that. So even if you're paying them a hundred dollars and it's in February, go ahead and get the W-9 to them. So everything is documented on our end. Mm-hmm. And so like I said, the $600, that's the requirement, you know, but mm-hmm. it would just be best to go ahead, especially if you have contractors here, contractors here, you're constantly hiring contractors. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be better to go ahead and get the W-9 up front. So those are my three. These are so So, good. So good. (laughs) And things I did not know. So (laughs) so glad that, that you shared all of this. What would you say is a common financial or like tax misunderstanding that you see from your clients? Probably sales tax is probably the one that trips a lot of people up. So especially now since e-commerce is like booming right now, yeah, a lot seriously. of people have an e-commerce business, mm-hmm. but not realizing that just because you're selling products online, you're still selling actual physical products that are subject to sales tax in mm-hmm. most states. There are some states that don't require a sales tax um, because they don't have a state tax at all. But Delaware, what up? Love shopping there. <laughs> uh, Florida, Florida, Tennessee. yep. <laughs> like, love going to visit my mom. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's nine states that don't, but for the other the other ones, yeah, they do. Yeah. And so a lot of people will get tripped up on the sales tax, and then months later, hopefully not, but years later. The state is like, hey, you started this business X amount of months ago and, you know, where's mm-hmm. our cut? So um, sales tax is probably the most one. And then the other one is that, oh, I don't have to file taxes if I'm claiming a loss. No, you still have to actually file those. Mm. <laughs> so that was, I've actually heard that more than I should from business owners. And I'm like, mm. who's telling y'all this? <laughs> Fake news. Okay. Disregard that. <laughs> you still have to file your taxes, even if it's at a loss. All right. <laughs> even if it's no. a loss. That's good to know. Good to know. So going back to the sales tax, you mentioned products. Would it work the same for service-based entrepreneurs as well? Um, it depends. So it depends. It's probably the most commonly used phrase for attorneys <laughs> and accountants because it really does depend. It does. Depend. But, uh, okay, so generally, no, um, services are not um, subject to sales tax. However, there are some localities and some states that will impart like a partial or full um, tax on services. And then mm-hmm. you have to be clear on... Um, I guess what your service is. So certain industries like 
um, I believe massage therapy is one of those things that, yes, it's a service, but it could be subject to sales tax mm-hmm. as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then there are some entrepreneurs that do both. Maybe mm-hmm. you have a service, but then you sell a product as well. So that's where like really good bookkeeping and systems are going to come in because you don't want to lump them all together because mm-hmm. those services are not subject to sales tax, but the products are. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, generally, no, but <laughs> it does depend. Good to know. So really researching what your state requires and what your state require yeah. and then sometimes your industry. Mm. Okay. Do you have any resources for that that you would recommend? Like we can do some DIY digging. Yeah. So each state has a department of revenue or um, just your state um, department of revenue website where you go to, you know, do your um well, you can do the Secretary of State or the Department of Revenue. You can kind of get the tax information from one and then I guess the legal part from the other one. But each state has that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely start there. But a quick Google search will take you to those sites. Yes. Now, we're, we're asking all these questions because these are the questions that, that we get asked, like mm-hmm. we said early on that we encountered when we were starting out and we had to Google like all these (laughs) answers. So it's so great having an expert here that we can just ask the questions Mm -hmm. and she knows. Uh, Another, another, I guess another rule, not rule of thumb, but a good indicator that there may be special circumstances is if your uh, profession requires some type of certificate um, Mm. to be able to operate so um, things like dentistry, of course, mm. nursing, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you can't LLC a dentist office. It has to be incorporated, right? So okay. there are certain things mm. that come with your industry, your profession that th- there is no skipping it. Like you have to, so if you have to go and get a certification from you know Alabama State Board or, or something like that, that's a good indicator that there are some kind of special circumstances where they mm-hmm. regards to taxes or you know legal things. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting. This I'm glad you brought this up because I, I actually just started my own speech pathology private practice. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking up the differences in doing an LLC, depending on your state you couldn't be an LLC. It was, and I forget what the other um, legalization was, but it was a different type that had, because you said had to be attached to it because of a specific certification that you might have. Um, But here in Pennsylvania, you did not have have that. So listen to Courtney. She's know what she's talking about. (laughs) Check your state regulations because I was freaking out. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to do this. And I mean, it would have been an easy fix on LegalZoom, but (laughs) better to know up front, right. Than have to like go through the whole process and change it or do it differently. And so um, I'm so glad you said that let's get into tax season though, because Oh oh boy, it's coming up, uh, comes up every year and like clock, (laughs) like clockwork, I'm freaking out last minute. I gotta do my taxes. Um, so that's personal. Let's talk business taxes though. How can, (laughs) how can we prep for tax season as multi-passionate entrepreneurs? And just to set the scene for you, right? These are women who've got a lot going on. There are multiple businesses, multiple roles, uh, you know, Anna Laura, there's a, they're a mom, they're running two businesses, multiple multiple babies. (laughs) Like there's just a lot going on. How can we prep for tax season? successfully <laughs> okay so i'm glad you said that in, in the beginning you said that's personal that's yeah for- business taxes yeah. ironically that's where i want to start because depending on how your business is set up remember i said it, it mm-hmm. has a heavy impact on how you do your taxes mm-hmm. so depending on how your business is set up the, your personal taxes and your business taxes may be on the same return. Mm. So if you are a sole proprietor, which means you didn't elect to be an LLC, you're just like a freelancer, you know, just a, a contractor, you will fall into a sole proprietor. So then your taxes would be on your individual taxes. So if you have a W-2 job and you work some you know, side jobs on the side, you got a 1099 NEC, or maybe you just have some income from babysitting or whatever it is to report that will go on one tax return. 
Then you have a single member LLC, mm-hmm. which in the eyes of the IRS is treated the exact same as a sole proprietor. So again, it would go on your personal tax return. Hmm. So keep in mind, your personal tax return also has your spouse, your kids, any investment income, dividend income, all of that will be considered along with your self-employment income. Mm -hmm. So that is why keeping track of income expenses is going to be um, crucial for you because you don't want your business, um, which has self-employment tax attached to it, to change your refund or whatever you're used to right so if this is your first time filing taxes this year for your business and you are a sole proprietor or single member llc just know that it's going to be on your personal tax return so i've had tax planning sessions with spouses who you know maybe somebody started a business this year And so we had to sit down and see what's it going to look like, but then also how can we optimize the spouse who is still working? How can we optimize their tax withholding to help with the taxes that are not being withheld from the business, right? Um, Because it's all going to work together. Mm -hmm. So those are those two entities, but then we get into a partnership or a multi-member LLC So those tax returns are separate. So if you have a partner, uh, partners, multiple partners, then you will file your business taxes, I'll say somewhat separate from individual. So your business taxes are going to be filed on form 1065. So on that form, you're recording the businesses activities and then activity from each member. So if a member put in any money um and then the percentage of profits and loss that owner has so we'll take that information for each owner or each member and put that on a um k1 that k1 i'll hand it to you just like any other tax form and then you go and file your tax return your personal tax return. So each member will get a K-1 mm-hmm. from the business's tax return. The business tax return will give each member this K-1 and then that K-1 will go on each member's individual tax return along with any other income that they have. Gotcha. So a lot of people will get into business with people mm. <laughs> who probably don't file their taxes on a regular <laughs> basis. <laughs> and then it's like pulling teeth to get oh, everybody gosh. to file the yep. business tax return. Yeah. And then and keep in mind, those returns have different deadlines than individual tax returns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be that. Um, and then that's why I say it's somewhat separate because you have to kind of do both. Right. So then we get into um, corporate tax returns, which are completely separate. So that, those are the only ones that are com- completely separate. So this will be if you if your business is incorporated, whether it's a C corp or an S corp, a B corp, any of the corps, or there are some instances where you can remain an LLC, but be taxed as an S corp. So those entity, those people would fall into this too. So the, the tax return for the business is completely separate. It's a corporate tax return subject to corporate tax. All the other ones are subject to self-employment tax which is ah. very high. It's 15.3%. Yes. It's extremely high. So a lot of people will take this option to incorporate or remain an LLC and be taxed as a corporation, sometimes to avoid the high self-employment tax. I don't mm-hmm. advise that because that's not the only reason that you should do it. Right. But it is a good pro on the pro and con list. But um, yeah, in this instance, the, the taxes are completely separate. But again, before you move into an S-corp or corporation status, make sure your record keeping is in line because when we go to file those taxes, we're looking at um, beginner's owner's investment, ending owner's investment, all the activity of the business throughout the year and um, any 
dividends that were paid out, any new shareholder, shareholder activity. Uh, we're looking at all of that for that business tax return. Um, and of course, each owner will get their own, again, K-1 to report on their own tax return. So that's kind of how it breaks out. And then that's why it's so important on how you are set up and how you are keeping up with your activity as a member, as an owner, and then all the activities of the business. What's going in? What's coming out? What do we pay for? Did we get funding? Do we have credit cards? Do we have loans, line of credit, all those things? So, yeah. Wow. Um, but how I'm you can so prepare. I'm sorry, I didn't even answer the question. Did I answer the question? Yeah, yeah. This was good. <laughs> I mean, no, I was just loved thinking, like, all of this information. So yes. good. Like this is I all think- stuff that we've Googled in the past, uh-huh. you know, as we're setting all this up and just beating our heads against the wall, trying to figure out like, what does this all mean? And mm-hmm. so to have this episode as a resource for people is just amazing. So mm-hmm. thank you for breaking that down so clearly. Mm-hmm. And so now let's, let's get into like, like the actual prep part. So like first identifying like which one of these are you? Yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to prepare now. So how do we do that, Courtney? <laughs> yeah. So and uh, uh, to prepare, definitely I'm always going to suggest some type of bookkeeping or accounting software. If you don't want to do that, you can definitely do it manually by hand. I've seen people with impeccable spreadsheets where they are keeping up with every single dime that comes in or goes out. So if you can manage that, then definitely a spreadsheet is definitely a great thing. Um, But things like QuickBooks or FreshBooks or Wave, I'm going to always suggest those, especially for the busy entrepreneur. Uh, who knows that you know spreadsheet is not your thing or you're not going to keep up with it Um, but the things that you (laughs) so the things that you want to keep track the first is listing all of your products and or services Um, listing everything that you sell and then listing the price that you sell them for right and then if you have products we're going to list the price that you bought them for that those two numbers are going to vaguely give you an idea of your margins. So then you know <laughs> where, you, where you have room to kind of room for error, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to start there, knowing your products and your services. And then you're going to list all of your expenses. So you'll break your expenses down into uh, monthly or fixed expenses that come with whether you sell one or a thousand units or one or a thousand services, you still have to pay those expenses, right? And then we'll go into the variable expenses, which is, um, you know, those things that kind of come with productivity. So once we sell something, then shipping um packaging those type of things that if you don't sell anything you don't have to pay that right um so tracking all of those expenses is going to come next and then we're going to account for taxes we're going to account for a sales tax so sales tax again on products is going to be it's state regulated so it's not one flat rate every state has a different rate I had a consultation with a client in New York and they're like the fifth highest tax like state. And I'm like, Ooh, okay. So it is, you know, state regulated, but you'll do your sales tax and then you'll have an account for um, your income tax. So everybody wants to know, like, how do I pay myself? How much to pay myself? I'm Mm -hmm. always going to say, make sure you're accounting for, your fixed expenses, your variable expenses, your sales tax, and then your income tax, and then you can pay yourself. All of that is kind of probably going to come up to about 45 something percent. And then you can kind of pay yourself from the rest of that, quote unquote, there's other things to consider, like, you know, if you want to put money back in the business, whatever you want to do, there's other things to consider. But those are going to be the main things, your products and services, your expenses, Mm -hmm. your fixed expenses, your variable expenses, sales tax, 
and then um, your general income tax, which is going to be um, that 15.3% for um, sole proprietors or LLC, you know, self-employment, plus your income tax rate. So I would generally just say about 30% for taxes because half of that is self-employment tax. And then the other half is going to be, I, most people will fall in the 10 to 12% tax bracket, but mm -hmm. we know if you're making more than about 80 something thousand dollars, then you will move it up to 22%. Mm -hmm. uh, but 30% for taxes is a good, um, I guess, you know, way to start. So yeah, if you if you're managing it yourself, then those are the things that you definitely want to keep track of, and that's bookkeeping in the gist. Yeah. Yes. Crash course in so many things right now. Wow. I feel like. Like, like, why was this not a class in school? <laughs> why am I learning it at 33? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously though. Oh my goodness. I think after listening to this. Um, our listeners, you, you all listening out there, you guys are going to fall into like two categories. Either you are super like fired up to get on Excel or Airtable and like really knock out your own bookkeeping, or you're going to fall into the other category, which is where I find myself. You're like, I can't wait to DM Courtney and ask her to do this for me. <laughs> so I think you, you've given us such amazing information, especially for those people out there who do want to DIY their taxes or how already have been DIYing their bookkeeping, but maybe missing some of these things that, that you've talked about today. Uh, and then you might find the other group of entrepreneurs who are not so much into the DIY life um, and have the time maybe or money to invest in someone to help them. But mm -hmm. wow, what amazing information, Courtney. Yeah, I'm glad. So you mentioned a few uh, a few apps, a few software, um, bookkeeping apps, um, QuickBooks being one, that's what I use and love QuickBooks. It just, it kind of gamifies it. Like I love being able to swipe and like categorize stuff. Um, and you also mentioned, I think it was wave and fresh book. Is yes. that correct? Do you have any other resources or tips on just organizing your finances throughout the year so that tax season doesn't seem so overwhelming <laughs> yeah okay so um great question so the ones that i mentioned quickbooks i'm a little biased to quickbooks because i'm a pro advisor and i've been using <laughs> it for so long but it's so user friendly um it's you like almost can't mess it up <laughs> um that's I mean, what we like so, to hear <laughs> And so they have an app that you can use on the go. Um, mm -hmm. And so, but I, I'll say this about, about QuickBooks, you still need to know a little bit. Like you still yes. need to know what's a personal expense, what's a business expense and kind of keep up with it. Um, and then at a certain point, at a certain level, it will be time to switch mm -hmm. um, because it won't give you everything that you need to grow. However, starting out, QuickBooks is the way to go. But then Wave and FreshBooks, I'm not completely sure if they have apps, but they are really good. Then there's Bonsai, which is really good. I know that one doesn't have an app. It's still fairly new, but Bonsai is really, really good. But those are bookkeeping and accounting softwares. If you don't want to use those yet, Square is awesome. Square is still a payment processor. It does a lot. It accounts for taxes. You can do payroll in there, um, but it's still not a bookkeeping software. So it's not going to run those financial reports for you, um, but it is a great way to get organized. Um, so Square is probably my next, um, you know, suggestion. Mm -hmm. um, if, and then um, taking it a step further, if you can do some kind of CRM system where you are keeping track of your customers, you're keeping track of all of their payments, um, you know, invoices and stuff like that, um, that'll be another good way to be able to go in and see how many clients you took, how, mm -hmm. many, how much revenue did you take this month and for the year and run those type of reports. Um, so I'll, I'll say that 
but then also just knowing yourself as a business owner, if you mm. know that you are not going to go in monthly and, you know, kind of look at everything and match your bank statements to the QuickBooks and you know, you're not going to update if we had a blowout this month. If you know you're not going to do that, then go ahead and get some kind of app, get the knowledge, get the app. Mm-hmm. you're still going to have to do something, but <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do as much. So, mm-hmm. Yes. And one quick question too, that we get a lot is um, separating your, you know, the, going back to like step one, I think you mentioned this in terms of systemizing, separating your personal and business, obviously very important, separating those finances. Would you go so far as to get separate bank accounts or separate banks like how how far should we take this whole like keeping it separate well again know yourself (laughs) (laughs) i had to do completely separate bank accounts because Mm. i knew that if i saw the money then i would just mix everything together So I, my personal account is with one bank and then my business account is with a totally separate bank. And then there was a few other reasons why I chose a different bank for my business. And I'll tell clients this too, go with what bank or institution meets your needs. Mm -hmm. Um, My personal banking institution didn't really, their business, you know, Mm -hmm. program didn't really meet my needs. So that's why I chose that one. But aside from that, I just knew I needed them separate. <laughs> yes. So yes, if you if you know that you can't handle seeing both balances, you know, then have them separate. But at the end of the day, you do need a personal account and a business account. And I'll always suggest, especially for people starting, really, this is anybody, everything from the business goes into the business bank account first. Nothing should be going into your personal account. Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing from sales, nothing from, you know, an invoice, all of that should go into the business bank account. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll also go a step further to say, simplify how you're getting paid. A lot of people are getting paid from like six different sources Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to keep up with what came in. And then at the end of the month, you don't really know how much you made because you're pulling it from so many areas. So simplifying that can actually be helpful as well. And then we get into, you know, paying yourself and all those type of things. But if there's, if it's all the business income is in one account, it makes it so much easier to see Mm -hmm. what's going on. (laughs) So yeah, I would definitely suggest separating them yeah and here at she shines we are to separate our personal we mm-hmm. have different banks that we use um so just a little little behind the scenes <laughs> for you guys and courtney shared hers as well that hers is separate so yeah know yourself <laughs> <laughs> know yourself well courtney thank you again so oh much i mean from the beginning just telling us how you got in accounting. I mean, numbers are my nightmare. So I love how like you, you knew in high school, that's what you wanted to do. Um, But even, you know, telling us the, those top three things that multi-passionates need to know the, the structure, their self-employment tax and and the W-9s if you have contractors, and then talking about those common financial misunderstandings. And I think the the most, not most important, because it was also important, but what people I think are really, really going to love is the the prepping for tax season. Um, we know our community is going to love it because like Anna Laura said, we get these questions all the time. And so collectively, guys, your mentors here at She Shines and you, we all can get off of Google. <laughs> and now we have this <laughs> amazing podcast episode to share with not only our community, your community and everyone else out there. So Thank you again. Before we let you go, please tell us where we can connect with you because we know everyone's going to be sliding into your DMs now with questions. Yeah, for sure. So you can um, follow me on Instagram. It's at tax coach Courtney. 
So it's just tax coach Courtney, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y. And from there, you'll see my firm's page, which is MCOR Tax. Um, I share a lot of um, those informational posts. Um, mm -hmm. So you'll see a lot of that on my page. You can um, check out my website. I mean, I feel like I just have a website just to have it right now, but it's mcortax.com. Um, um but yeah the quickest way is probably going to be instagram we know how that goes these days that's going to be the <laughs> yes. quickest way to get all of my info how to book a session all of my new courses and stuff like that that's going to be the quickest way and speaking of courses we know you have a few out including tax prep for beginners right can you give us the download of that like what what can we expect from that course? Because that just sounds right up our alley. <laughs> Do well, tell. Okay, so tax prep for beginners is actually for other um I say tax enthusiasts who want to learn how to do taxes. So mm. that that's for for that. Um and but I do have a new course. Uh, I guess by the time you guys are hearing it, it's already out. Yay! It is bookkeeping for beginners. And ah. that is for the business owner. I feel us. like it's for everybody for that we're talking to. Yeah, <laughs> everybody that we're talking to. And a lot of the information that I am talking about on this podcast is in there along with you know, pictures and visuals. And like I said, I'm partial to QuickBooks. So a lot of the examples are in QuickBooks. So if you use mm -hmm. QuickBooks, hey. this is for you. So yeah, th those two um, are my babies. So I'm going to keep those courses. And so, uh, yeah, so check that out. Perfect. We cannot wait. All that is at the link in the show notes. So be sure you go stalk Courtney, slide into her DMs, <laughs> go check out these courses and just simplify this year's tax season. Yes. <laughs> that is yes, yes, yes. what this episode is here for, what Courtney's here for. Courtney, again, thank you so much for sharing yes, all this you. info. It is literally a crash course that I wish I had Mm -hmm. 15 years ago, <laughs> yes. um, but glad we have this, you know, access to it now. Everyone, yeah, I hope thank you enjoyed you this so much episode. Yes, yes. So be sure, like we said, go on and connect with her. And in the meantime, keep shining. Thank you so much for joining us on the She Shines podcast. Before you go, be sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Plus, we would love to hear what you enjoyed most. So share a takeaway and be sure to tag us at SheXShines. And lastly, please take a sec to leave a thoughtful review or pass this episode on to someone you feel could use it. Until next time, keep shining. Cheers, girlfriend.